Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with an entrepreneur, a property investor, someone that has started businesses, scaled them, sold them, done so much in lots of different areas, and it is the wonderful Rob Sloan. Hi, thank you for that intro. <laughs> you are Doesn't very sound welcome. Like the same person when you say it like that. <laughs> well, that's uh, listen. I can only I can only go off what I've seen so far, Rob. So um, it's brilliant to have you here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Excellent. So we are going to learn all about your journey. We're going to hear about your business um, life and kind of how that's all played out for yep. you. So what would be great, if you don't mind, Rob, can we start by just getting to know you a little bit, your journey, how yep. life has evolved for you, and then we're going to dig in from there. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name's Rob Sloan. I'm uh, 41 uh, from Stockport, South Manchester, um, similar to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, am... A multiple business owner, I guess, over the years. Um, currently a property investor, um, but I've started out doing different things over the years and kind of developed to where to where I am now. So, in terms of journey, um, I grew up uh, in a working class background. Uh, my parents were shopkeepers. Um, I lost my mum when I was fourteen to cancer, so um, I'd sort of brought up in my teen years by my dad. A lot of influences there from from him, um, and uh, went on to do um, my first my degree, uh, my first sort of training qualification. I did a degree in pharmacy, um, which um, I realised after two years into the degree, I didn't want to be a pharmacist, um, <laughs> um, but uh, saw that through, um, saw the degree through. Um, I, I travelled quite a bit in my summer holidays and stuff at, at uni. I got into, into the idea of travelling and backpacking and maybe living abroad and that sort of stuff. So realised at the end of my degree, I could work for a year or two in pharmacy I could locum I could go and travel and, and that sort of stuff so um so yeah met got to the end of my degree and, and met my now partner Amy who um we're still together and share a lot of the same values as we did back then mm. um so yeah qualified as a pharmacist worked for a couple of years but did that to earn money to go and uh, travel lived abroad in Canada for a year did a ski season in France after that um and those are kind of some of the some of the best memories that that I kind of have outside of you know the working life. Those are the things that were kind of most important, I guess, to to, to me. It's sort of lifestyle and the things that you do outside of of work. Um, so we got back from uh, from Canada and, and ski season in Chamonix, and um, Amy was working as a recruitment consultant. I was working as a locum pharmacist, and um, the only sort of thing I kind of knew was that I was always going to own my own business because that's what my, my parents did and, and, and I kind of knew that from very early age. So we set up a business doing recruitment for pharmacists, um, which was basically, you know, we looked at what we were both doing. Um, we I looked at what Amy was doing as a recruitment consultant and she was making a really good bonus, but she um, she was making her company a hell of a lot more. And um, <laughs> we sat down and I just couldn't, 
I couldn't understand why you wouldn't be able to do this for yourself. And, and we sort of looked at what's the worst you could happen, you know, what's the worst that could happen, what you know, what what's the worst case scenario in a way, and, and just cracked on and um, you know, I locumed to support us while Amy got it up and running and then she went and got a job for a while while I then got, you know, once I was trained and skilled up and kind of mixed together and we did that for a few years. Um we actually set up right before the credit crunch hit as well, which was interesting for you years to start a, start a business. But um, we did that for a few years and then um, realised that both, although we were in a health, you know, decent money for, for some people in our 20s, um, because we were working for ourselves, I guess, um, we realised both our incomes were linked to the same um, you know, to the same job. And, mm. and also Amy's heart was, was never really in recruitment and, and for one, it's ne- neither was mine. But we used that, just like having a pharmacy degree, I guess, like we used it as a stepping stone onto onto the next thing. And um, so then the next move was um, we just looked at businesses for sale rather than going to start up um, and, and, and doing it from scratch. And um, we spent about three years whilst doing recruitment, just looking at different things for sale from like bars and ski resorts to, you know, a deli to, you know, all sorts of stuff, just trying to work out what would fit our skills and yeah. what, we, what we might, might want to do. Um, and then, like buses, two came after three years. Two came along at the same time, which was a self storage business in Newbury, which we still own, um, which is uh, Amy's run for for the past six seven years. Successfully um, systemized that business, you know, tripled the size of it. Um, got a management team, uh, you know, when I say team, it's you know, it's two people uh, in place running it, um, and and now she doesn't work in the day to day. So that's a great business. Um, I at the same time saw. Um, a lead generation platform in the home moving space um, was for sale on a on a you know a, a business a tech businesses for sale website called Flipper. Um, so at the same time, we decided to take that on because I thought I could just do that from my bedroom and mm. you know find outsources to you know to do all the different parts of it. And uh, what actually happened is it, 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 it took off over the next sort of five six years. Um, in terms of business, it's. It's lead generation. It's it's basically compare the market for niche services that compare the market or, or confuse that come out doing. So it's generally home moving, so removals, conveyancing, surveyors. If you're moving house, so you know comparison site. If you're a consumer, saves you time, saves you money. Mm. Um, if you're the company behind the scenes, you have, you know your removal company. You don't have a big market and budget, but you can sign up to a service like ours and, and, and buy a lead. Um, and we just have a tech platform that sort of sits mm. sits in between. So yeah, my my idea of doing this from the bedroom um, at, at home suddenly became we needed staff. Um, then it became actually there's other opportunities within uh, within that space. So instead of just selling leads, we could grow a sales team to convert leads um, and it went from a, a 250k a year business to a 6 million a year business in five years um, and I successfully exited that business in, in well in 2019 I sold it and then I worked my earn out year just just gone I'm still involved um, on a hands-off basis at the moment but um, yeah I worked my earn out year during Covid which was very very interesting <laughs> way to say goodbye to the team because they yeah. were you know all working from home um, and then always invested in property. So um, during the past year, well, I've had a you know an employed CEO salary for a year, I guess. Um, I've sort of doubled down on my property investing um, and sort of grown a portfolio rel- rel- from sort of you know that two or three properties to um, I think it'll be twenty one. I think by the end of the next few months, um, which then just builds you know builds a pot of cash flow um, and and kind of 
has like multiple revenue streams for myself and Amy rather mm-hmm. than when we were both relying on pharmacy recruitment. Was when we had you know a bad few months, it was pressure was on. Whereas now we've got the self store business, we've got the property business, and uh, the two things kind of help support each other. So yeah, yeah that's kind of where where we're at, um, and the plan is now to essentially enjoy some free time for a year and, and, and kind of take stock and you know those are the reasons why we settled businesses at the start was to actually have the time to, to do things but we kind of got lost along the way in terms mm. of uh, in terms of growing the business that I just sold so yeah sit wow. back and enjoy it for a bit yeah. wow there's so much in here it's brilliant gosh yeah, I've learned... no like, it's wonderful I've learned loads actually as well so that's why I love doing this podcast because yeah. I mean, the, the title of the podcast is Brave Bold Brilliant right and um, actually when you start hearing what people have done and where they started yeah. it just brings it all to life yeah, you know so true. much better so thank you for sharing all of that and I want to come back to where you started talking about your dad yeah. and being a shopkeeper and your yeah. mum and dad and, and sort of growing up in that environment it's quite a trading environment, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before we press record on this, you were saying, actually, with reflection, yeah. you learn a lot of stuff from yeah. from your parents. Yeah. And uh, So do you want to just talk about that and how that influenced your choices, do you think, going yeah. forward? Yeah, 100%. I guess, um, yeah, one of the things that I was thinking about this was setting up my own business. So Amy and partner, you know, she said, I'd never thought of, you know, I was going to go into a corporate job until I met you because, the, you know, you've just known you were going to own your own business. That was just in your, in your DNA. And then mm. I think one of the things that sort of puts people off is the fear and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I, having, you know, a dad who owned a shop and all parents who owned a shop and um, seeing that, I was there, was there was no fear factor to it. There was only a positive to owning your own business because I was kind of exposed to it, I guess. Mm. Um, and we were saying before I read... In my mid twenties, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which um, just had a lot of the values that actually I'd had instilled probably since I was about ten years old, helping you know stack the back of the shop or whatever. Of you know, don't over overspend. Think about cash flow. You know, live to within your means. Um, yeah. You know, all those sort of principles I completely sort of knew before I'd read that book. And then you know, you read the book and you think it was the book that taught you it. But actually, I think back on reflection, it was kind of my my upbringing from my you know my parents that probably taught me a bit of that as well. So yeah. Um, so yeah, and then you know, like we like we said to you earlier, that you um, you also learn what you know. You take the positives and also what not to do. So mm. you know, a lot of my I, I'm, I'm so I take sort of calculated risks, but I, I, I my personality is to take take some risks and my dad was very very cautious so actually mm. you know it felt some of the things he would have advised me to do wouldn't have been right for me so you know I kindly took that advice and you know ignored it I guess as well. <laughs> so, um, so yeah so you do yeah you learn a lot from from whoever's around you during all all phases of your life I guess. yeah 100 percent. and and actually you know money mindset you talked about rich dad poor dad and, mm. and for, for a lot of people if you've not read that book anyone who's watching or listening yeah. definitely give it a read because yeah. it does change you know that i suppose the perception around money and you know similar yeah. to yourself i was brought up in a very working class family yeah. and you know had a happy childhood and we had you know we didn't want for anything yeah 
but it was very much around risk averse, yeah. money doesn't grow on trees, yeah, all the cliches yeah. you know that, that you hear. And, and certainly, I think it's only when you get a little bit older yeah. and a bit more, a bit longer in the tooth, in my case, than than, uh, than you Same. are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that actually you sort of think, oh, well, hang on a minute, there is another way. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and actually, yeah. you can look at things very differently. So, no, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Who yeah. you spend time with or what you read influences, you know, yeah. how you go forward, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And and just going back to um, you mentioned your mum. You lost your yes. mum at a young age. Yes. That must have been really traumatic as a fourteen-year-old boy, and not, yeah. you know that must have been tough. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, it was interestingly, and this is this is an interesting, uh, you know, maybe old-school parenting and, and being as me and my brother and my dad, mm. we never really fully kind of discussed it, or, or you know, kind of you know, it, it was one of those sort of stiff upper lip. Yeah. You know, we've got to be strong for each other and all that sort of stuff. So, although it was, yeah, absolutely really traumatic and, and tough, it also kind of taught me some some values and, and, and you know, uh, gave me a bit of a drive as well, you know, to kind of make her proud, I guess, um, yeah. at the back of my, you know, back of my mind maybe. So, um, but yeah, it was, I guess, at the time, it was just what was happening at the time, I guess, when mm. you reflect as you get a bit older, you do think yeah, it was probably quite tough, but had a great, you know, family around me, friends, you know. So I learned to value uh, my friendship groups um, a lot because of that as well because they became a surrogate family as well as, you know, your family unit as well. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And like you say, actually, I mean, when in, in, in a situation of loss like that, there's there's two options, isn't there? Of course you're grieving and, you, you know, you're going through all of those emotions and it can take a long time to process that, but... There are good things that can come out of even the most difficult of situations. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you know, and it sounds like you've got a really great relationship with your brother and your dad yeah. and the friends that you've got around exactly, you, yeah. and, and that's all the positive. And yes, your yes. mum would be incredibly proud of you. I'm hundred percent sure yeah, of. Awesome. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the the sort of the business journey a little yep. bit more, if we may. Sure. Um, so that that initial decision from saying actually. I, I, you studied uh, as to be a pharmacist, right? Yeah. yeah. And you were doing that as a locum uh, for yeah. a few years, weren't yeah. you? And then you went, oh, hang on a minute. How I know this. Amy's good at recruitment. Let's bring the two of those together and essentially yeah. create the the um, the recruitment business focused on the on the pharmacy yeah. world. How did that come about? How, that that whole sort of creation of the business idea and yeah. and, and discussion with Amy. I guess. From it, the drive for it came from wanting to bum around and do ski seasons, and yeah. backpack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the idea of like a career in something just you know wasn't well, it was never for me. And, and, and actually, you know, Amy thinks about it now. She's like, I can't, I can't believe I used to think that that would be you know something that I'd want to do. Um, mm. um, so you, you know, having your own business gives you, if, if nothing else, a sense of control of, of you're in control of your destiny. So. Mm. Um, so it was just all, like I say, it was kind of always ingrained into me. And in terms of the sort of conversations around it, it was, it was just like we were young, um, we you know didn't have anything to lose, I guess. Um, and and I can talk a bit more about that because I think that's sometimes a bit of a fallacy that people think don't take what people would consider risks because they think they've got something to lose. Where we actually, even back then, age whatever we were, twenty five, twenty six. Um, you know, we actually just we did analyze the worst case scenario, right? And we looked at what, you know, what what's the worst that can happen from this, right? And 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 the worst was 
it doesn't work. Amy goes and gets a job again. I go and locum as a pharmacist again, and we we think about you know the next thing, or or, or we mm. or we just stay on path A or, or whatever it might have been. So actually, we analysed that, had a you know had a chat, and you know went through the costs, you know on packet job yeah. you know um, <laughs> uh, and we're like well actually if I locum you know I was doing sort of 12 to 16 hour shifts three days a week um, and then two days a week to learn recruitment um, so you could do that you know working in, in supermarket pharmacies and stuff so I did that for maybe a year um, and then yeah as I say then I started doing it full-time but there wasn't enough to support both of us so I only got a, a job for a little while mm. so, we, so we kind of analysed it all and, and, and but, but essentially just Went right. The worst. The worst case is this: the costs, you know, per month are a job board subscription, and you know, and, that, and us to live. Like, if it doesn't work out, we can go and get jobs again. So, mm. sod it. Let's give it a go. Um, and I think that was the biggest, you know, being able to take that that leap of just giving something a go, mm. then trained us both to be like, well, you know, anytime we made a new decision or change, it's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, do the same process in a way, but and 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 if you know if, if the ticks are there, give it give it a try because what's you know what's what have you got to lose? I guess. And, yeah, I love that, and actually because. Well, I say that a lot, or I've said it a lot through my career. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, hopefully no one's going to die in this situation, yeah. you know, and, and, and actually yeah. anything by comparison is good. Yeah, no, <laughs> 100%. even if I fall flat on my, on my face, I'll have learned something. Yeah, 100%. But it's interesting because there's so many people that never really fulfil their dreams yeah, or, or take that risk because there's just this fear of failure, fear of judgment, yeah. whatever, that, yeah. that holds people back. Yeah. So I think it's really refreshing yeah, that you made that move. You kind of analyse it did a bit back of a fag packet a few numbers yeah. uh, and then kind of just took the leap really yeah. but what I also really liked about what you were saying Rob was that you you kind of side hustled for a bit you know yeah. you you were both you knew what your minimum was that you needed to just to like live pay the bills yeah. you knew what your backup was if yeah. it didn't work out and you didn't just jump from one thing straight into the other you know so the, the point being that there's multiple ways to start a business 100%. or do your own thing yeah. and actually doing it that way for someone that maybe is slightly more risk averse listening that can often be a good option can't it right, definitely well, I mean, it just mit- mitigates risk doesn't it if, yeah. if, you, if you can especially the world of technology now you, you know as long as you're prepared to put the time in and that might be outside of your core working hours for your job mm. then you can you can make a fairly decent start on something if you really want to um and or, or at least maybe work out if it's gonna if it's not gonna if it's gonna fall flat on its face then you'll know without giving in you know giving up your income or giving up or, or at least if you've done that you've managed the numbers to give yourself a fair chance of giving it a go yeah for sure i, mm. I, I massively believe in that i think yeah. yeah sacrifice a bit of extra time rather than just going all in at something you know, and work out whether you can do it or or not I guess mm. so yeah and you built that business up and then ultimately you sold it didn't you yes yeah, yeah. so um yeah and, and and finished only finished in December 2020 working there is, is kind of the the, the the MD I guess of, of that business within within a group um so yeah built up over five or well, six years in the end um with a fantastic team of people that just, you know, I consider them my, my mates and mm. um, had a great time doing it as well, which is something that's really important is, you know, it was hard hard work for for, for, for me and for, for a lot of the guys that were in, especially from from the start. But um, in the early days, you know, it was a lot of hours and everything else, but we, we, had, a, we had a laugh, you know, we had yeah. a good time doing it. And uh, it was kind of us against 
um, you know, a lot of big, more established businesses in the space. Um, so it was, yeah, it was just great fun over over six years. What actually happened? The sort of trigger event actually was you know, not not to be all tragic. <laughs> My old man passed away in twenty seventeen, right. and then yeah. um, I saw you know at that point I, I kind of thought I was just on this the, a treadmill of growing the business and you know enjoying it as well, right? Mm. So, but I didn't have this end. I knew I wanted to sell it at some point. I didn't really have a plan in that respect. Um, I, and, and this is something I would sort of advise nowadays is, yeah. you know, actually when you have got a plan, it's a lot easier to like, to know. If you know where you're going, it's easier to get there. Um, but, you know, I kind of didn't. And then my, my old man passed away in, in 2017. And uh, I just thought, actually, do you know what? We start, you know, had, had a conversation with Amy and, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, we started doing this to be free, to travel, um, to go and, you know, explore the world and, you know, and all, all the things that we said we were going to do. And actually, I've suddenly found myself on some form of, you know, some form of treadmill for the past six years that mm. if I don't think about how to get off it, it's going to take a few years to, to actually, you know, to exit and to do it in the right way and, 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 and everything else. So that was a bit of a trigger point to actually start thinking about that because, um, you know, I could see myself in another five years going, oh, you know, it's just the, the sort of perspective of, you know, life short kind of came came into focus a little bit, mm, I guess. So, yeah, and yeah. I can imagine that. I mean, obviously, you know, losing losing a parent and then losing a second parent is, is, is really, really yeah. tough. But it definitely, um, I guess, makes you sit back and go what's really important here to reassess things don't you and I know that happened when when my dad passed away it was a similar sort of thing I just thought hang on a minute I'm not sure I really want I'm really happy doing what I'm doing now and and actually what do I really want yeah and coming back to that clear purpose and and obviously travel being such a big thing for you and Amy you know as well and I think you make a really valid point because I, I work with a lot of business owners um some that want to scale, some that want to sell. And I always say, start with the end in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if yeah. you can, because yeah. it really does. One, it makes you more intentional, doesn't it? And yeah. kind of focused on where you're heading. And then, as you say, it's much easier to get there. Yeah. But also, you would do things differently if you want a certain outcome. Yeah. You almost work backwards. Yeah, well, at that, at that point, that was when I did suddenly I wrote I wrote the goal yeah. um, of selling exiting from the business on a bit of paper in my home office this will be news to any of the guys that I worked with um, but I did realize a goal at some point you know that's so so then I needed yeah. to work out structure and uh, and stuff but also I have a, a, you know had and still do have a big commitment to the guys and the team mm. there that I really needed it to be the right thing for them not just a mm. you know corporate exit or or or, or you know it needs to be the right way to the right people and to look yeah. after the guys there when when I moved on and everything else, which um, you know I can confidently say I did. Um, so, it, but it took a few years then to to kind of put those bits of structure in place mm. that then take me out of the equation because everything was coming into me. I was CTO, CFO, C, you know, CEO, whatever all the C words are. Um, <laughs> well, there's probably a few C words that we should have mentioned, but anyway, that's for over a beer. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, so it did, yeah, so it took it that. And, and all of a sudden I realised, you know, from... I remember when we started the recruitment business up, actually, and we, we, we thought, oh, we'll go and talk to the bank and see if we can get a loan. And they were like, have you got a business plan? I'm like, pardon? And the, the <laughs> idea of going and writing a business plan, we were just like, sod it, we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, because it was simple. It was, you know, but but then I think back, I was like, we did have a goal. The goal was to run our own business. And if it was just as simple as that, that's what we were working mm. towards. Yeah. Um, but then as, you know, as, as, you know, as the business got bigger and, uh, uh, and the rest of it, then 
uh, yeah, having a plan and ha- or having a goal and some markers, yeah, uh, made it a lot easier. And it's almost like it's almost like putting the sat nav on, isn't it? It's mm. for, to go from A to B versus mm. um, you know, kind of trying to figure it out with with an old map. It's like you, you'll get to the same point in the end, but you you know you get there a lot quicker if you yeah. kinda, you're working towards it. So. I love that. I'm going to nick that analogy. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was a sat nav on the way here. I think we're having that conversation on the way here. Yeah, but it is. It's a, it's a really good way of looking at it. And I think the other thing that actually you made a really excellent point was around it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You can still have a really clear purpose and some key milestones and some high level numbers. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this really massively daunting thing. Yeah. But even putting that in place really does make all the difference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and with, when you were when you'd made that decision, you got that clarity. Yeah. Um, what were the what were the sort of the resources that you needed to bring in to help you get there? Because I think for someone that's it maybe listening to this or watching watching this on YouTube, they might be thinking, okay, well, I'm in a similar position here. I want to I, I want to exit, but I've got no idea yeah. how to start and go about it. So, yeah. is there anything in particular that you kind of had to put in place? Yeah. Well, interesting. If we were talking about sort of my sort of exercising the great brain matter at some yeah. point after traveling or, or even during it and that, that's yeah. something I would love to kind of potentially go in and do and help people with because it's quite hard to when you're in you know it's something I said to the teams all the time was you know zoom out zoom out because they're in the day-to-day mm. at the call face and you know they're panicking over you know something that happens in a day and you, you're, you're trying to say look guys you know no no one's gonna die here and, yeah you know let's zoom out and um, but it's then it's really hard to do that yourself um so as soon as I you know, an idea of what I wanted to do. I then had to kind of zoom out and go, okay, what, what did I, what do I need? Um, um, in terms of resources, I'm going to be honest. I we just had the guys in the business, so we mm. just we just discussed structure a lot um, yeah. to help the business grow more than anything else. But it also then that structure, you know, I knew would then be more attractive to someone else coming in. That mm. it's not just all reliant on us. Um, I. Um, I had a had a mentor in the early days um, of taking taking that business on. Um, I reached back out to him, um, but he's busy with other projects. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd moved on and, and, and was absolutely all in, engrossed in, in 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 another startup. Um, so that would be something I would, you know, I, mm. I tried to do. I guess, um, um, yeah. In terms of other resources, um, yeah. I mean, obviously professionals in terms of accountants and, and, yeah. and the right lawyers are re- were really important at that point um the one bit of kind of advice i guess from a small business perspective if you're looking to exit you you do not underestimate the burden of the sale process itself um because we had we had a done deal and a great bunch of guys have taken that business on and i consider them them friends um uh, now and and still regularly in contact with them and um even with that, and there was so much goodwill between us and them. They were in the same space as us, um, but not really competitors. And we just the idea of the, the two businesses coming together was just absolutely the right thing. There was so much goodwill at the point mm. of the. So I was like, "This is going to be easy." Um, and then actually, we had you know it took nearly nearly eighteen months in total from yeah. start, which was a long time to be fair. Um, but even let's say shorten it to twelve months, it was twelve months where I had two jobs. You know, yeah. I, had, I had had a a day job that was a full time day job running a a company that's growing exponentially Mm. and commitments to those teams and then I had another job that I couldn't tell anyone about um apart from close friends that was essentially preparing due diligence you know answering questions and queries and 
you know, and just kind of moving the sale along. And I think, yeah, if I was to give advice, I would, you know, say if you, you can bring other people into that process that can help you, mm. then it yeah, it'll massively alleviate things. I mean, the the relief of me announcing to the guys, which was, you know, it was a shock to them and, and everything else, but the relief for me personally to then say, guys, right, this is happening. It's the right thing, I promise, you know, and all that sort of stuff was just a huge, huge relief because they were like, we wondered where you'd gone for the past, you know, I, I was physically there, you know, yeah. in, in the office and stuff, but they were like, yeah, like, now it all makes sense that you you weren't as engaged with us and, and all the rest of it. And then I could go back to, you know, being being myself again, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, that's, that is such an, a, an incredibly important point, actually, because people underestimate that massively. Yeah. You're right to actually prepare a business for sale, to find the right buyer as well. Yeah. You know, and, and clearly what was so important to you was that your values and that the team were going to be in a good yeah. shape. Um, all of that it does take time and it's emotional it's yeah, like it is. you know 100%. this is a business that you've nurtured and grown yeah. and it's flying and you know it's the right thing but to deal or deal with all of that on your own it's quite a lonely place to be and it, yeah. and it does take a lot of time and yeah. effort so I think that is brilliant advice yeah. and it doesn't have to be a big army of people you don't no. need Deloitte's in here no. or whatever you know but no. just find someone that can work with you on yeah. that I think that's really good 100%. advice and if, if you've got someone within the business that can support than great because yeah. no one knows it better than them but i also you know i ummed and about that and and, and you know it, it, it wouldn't it wasn't the right it would have created it would have upset the apple cart for, yeah. for such a small team i guess of of what we were but um yeah my, if i was to go back and do it again i wouldn't have done it all on my own for mm. sure but um that was kind of where where we were with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about the property because you mentioned yeah. when we started off around creating multiple streams of income, yeah. um, around having this amazing lifestyle that brings you back to your passion of travelling, which yeah. is kind of where you started, really, yeah. isn't it? Really, um, and then and now being able to. I suppose have passive income, yeah. have work on stuff that you're really interested in, and yeah. and and really be in that position of choice. Yeah. So yes, with all of that in mind, yeah. property was your cho- was your chosen chosen poison. Yeah, yeah, and there's no such thing as passive income. Let's, let's, <laughs> no. let's, yeah, let's talk about that yeah. then. Um, so yeah, so. Um, Always been interested in properties. Uh, my dad was a painter and decorator, so he, he you know, our first, my, my name's first house. He kind of me and him did it all up together, and yeah. so I love the, I actually love the getting your hands dirty, and, and I've been involved in a couple of refurbs, and the guys that've been working with me will say I haven't done that much, but I've helped, <laughs> I've helped fit a couple of kitchens, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I enjoy that side of it of taking, you know, something that's run down and you know tired, and and, and making it into a lovely place for someone to live. Um, mm. Obviously, you rent it out, and you make some. Some cash flow from it and, and and that's you know that's why financially that it works um and but i also just massively believe in property as an investment class it's, it's it only goes over time as long as you you know you don't buy at the wrong time and sell at the wrong time it only mm. goes in one direction in terms of capital appreciation you can get cash flow from it if you're a, a good landlord then you can feel proud of the the the, the places that you, you the homes you're sort of creating for people so yeah mm. it was all always a you know, from our first house, we kept um, when we moved down to Newbury for the self-store business, and then um, that was one of the maybe things I was going to do. I did a flip um, whilst in recruitment to see if I could um, completely hands-off manage it and, mm. and make a turn of profit, and I did. And I was like, "Oh, I could do this," um, but it was quite lumpy, like recruitment was. It was kind of you know, you 
pour your cash in something you have to then you know turn it around and, and you get a lump out yeah. of the back of it rather than it being sort of you know steady, steady yeah. cash flow so yeah it was always always the the thing i guess one one thing that was a big influence actually and we um and this is one of the failures i guess so one in 2007 8 so just after setting up the recruitment business um we uh, uh, you know, for want of a better word, got got hoodwinked in in in, in the sort of sales floor of uh, of buying property abroad, abroad off plan, and um, so we and it was entirely me. I'm I'm not going to lie. So I, I you know I convinced Amy like it's a great idea. These properties in Cyprus are you know going up in value. You can make cash from it. It was all me respitting out the sales literature back to Amy mm. and uh, kind of strong armed her into it uh, as a decision. And we took on. Mortgages abroad in Swiss francs for properties in euros, which um, when the credit crunch hit, the exchange rate got hammered. Um, The properties never got delivered because um, the developer was, um, you know, in in my eyes, a a con man, but um, he just didn't, you know, they didn't deliver on the properties. Um, We sunk, you know, all of our spare deposit cash into it that maybe would have bought us the next house. So, yeah, got us to, you know, the the brink. um, And you know the biggest learning curve for me and kicked me up the arse to be like right well the only way out of this is um i think at one point we had we had no property and about a million quids worth of um swiss franc loans on two non-built apartments because wow. of all the penalty interest and everything we you know you, you can't you know you'd go mad if you looked at that as you know we knew there'd be a deal to be done or or, or something mm. would come of it but gave me a kick to go like right well the only the only person that's going to get us out of this is is you know i got us into it i need to mm. build a way of getting us out of it and worked out what you know again worst case scenario worked out you know if we renegotiate this mortgage to this this is how much a year it would be so i was like right as long as i can get let's say 10 grand a year extra yeah. to what i need that closes that loop and any rental, you know, and I kind of went through the matter and it broke it down into a, you know, mm. something that can work. And um, actually what happened is we joined a, we joined a legal action, um, a class action against the banks for mis-selling these mortgages against the developers. Um, and we, in 2019, we got, it, we got out of the whole lot. So wow. yeah, we, 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 we um, yeah, like hundreds, well, there were, I think up to 10,000 people affected by these scams by multiple developers over there so um yeah so th- in terms of property that told me what i didn't want to do in property which is <laughs> never buy off plan abroad never buy it for me personally never buy off plan in the uk because there's just so much to go wrong and you're paying an, you know, an yeah. you know, inflated price and uh you know quite an expensive way to learn a lesson but um and, you know never go all in on something and you know Mm. not do the due diligence which i definitely didn't do age 26 i just got carried away with the you know the furore of it all so um so even that didn't put me off uh uk property so yeah, yeah. well that the, and, and there's so many brilliant lessons in that <laughs> there really are and i think that's it isn't it when sometimes people look at a successful person you know people can look at you and go wow you know look at rob and amy they've got this lifestyle they've sold their business they're building their property portfolio oh it's all right for them isn't life all wonderful yeah, it's hard. Like, uh, but yeah, actually yeah, yeah. people don't see what's gone on along the way yeah. do they yeah, they're definitely. the highs the lows and, and everything in yeah. between so yeah, it's really definitely. good to look back on that yeah. but um Importantly, as you said earlier, I think don't you don't see it as failure; it's all learning. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Yeah, yeah, makes you stronger, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 a well known phrase, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, yeah the only in, in in my head, in a way, the only failures are 
and even then I don't really you know, I don't really I'm a very positive uh, person so you know even that word doesn't really work for me but um you know is not not doing something you know did, did, you know to look back and have not done something would yeah. be that would be my class of kind of failing because you've not been true to something you wanted to do if, if it was realistic you yeah know, if it's running the 100 meters in nine seconds definitely not going to be able to look back and say oh, i wish i'd done <laughs> that but um but if it's realistic and it's worth giving a go you know the failure is not you know not not giving it a try if you, if yeah. you think you can i guess so yeah if you try something that doesn't work then there's always something you can learn from it for sure yeah brilliant gosh well thank you for sharing that yeah. and i just want to touch on um because obviously you talk about Amy a lot, which is really lovely. Yeah. And you work, you're in, you've been in a few of well, quite a few businesses together. Yeah. As a couple, you've got your life, your business sort yeah. of um, embedded. That's not always easy. Uh, I yeah. know from, from my own. And yep. situation of working with my gorgeous beloved Chris in yep. our property business, but it can it can be a little bit challenging at times yep. as well. So how how do you and Amy rub along so that you have a great personal life, yep. but you also have a good business life together as well? How, yeah. how do you make that work? Um, so I guess our first the recruitment business was the two of us together. Mm. Um, we had you know two up two down terrace in Manchester in Stockport. Um, we didn't have an office because we didn't want to spend the money on an office, which after four years we ended up, you know, spending 150 quid a month on office. Best decision ever, but, um, <laughs> you know, too tight on cash, you know, on cash at the time. Um, yeah. So we had a, in our dining room, we had a big whiteboard on the, on the wall and we, we worked together from that dining room and then the whiteboard with jobs and candidates were still there when we had tea. It was, <laughs> it was horrific when I think back to it. Yeah. Um, but we, um, we actually, you know, we were twenty four seven in each other's company back then, mm. and we we're very different in terms of skill sets. Um, I obviously was learning recruitment from her as well, so yeah. I, you know, I was a sort of student to her, which was really good for for, for both of us. Um, but also, we just realised we had you know we we worked on each other's each each person worked on strengths, and yeah, of course we we clashed over stuff, and um, I'm always sort of. Go, 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 growth, growth, growth. Um, uh, and Amy, at the time of recruitment, didn't, that's not what she wanted. She didn't want to scale a business. So, uh, what actually happened is I learned that I really wanted to scale a business mm. and grow something and have staff and, and sort of instill, you know, all that I really kind of wanted to do. Um, and so, actually, we, you know, we managed by, uh, by going on to, you know, doing doing our own thing, I guess. Like this, this Amy went on to do career coaching and CV writing was her. That was going to be her uh, plan when we bought the self store, and I was going to run the self store. And then mm. the lead gen business came, and that was massively my bag. So then Amy went in to run the self store and realised that yeah. career coaching, especially CV writing, was yeah quite you know for the amount of cash that you try and charge someone, you try and charge someone hundred quid, and they were balking at it for mm. you know hours of your time to write a cv that's going to get them a 50 60 grand a year job <laughs> she just was like i can't do this for you know full time so she she went through the self store so how we dealt with it is we just went and did different <laughs> went and did different <laughs> things um but, but also you know supported each other as well so you know in, in any big decision you know always run it by her from my point of view and the same with the self store yeah. and everything else. so very much a team but also you know very much gone and 
done our own things as well so yeah I think it's it's really important because you know you have to recognize where your strengths lie and you do have yeah. to if you if you're in the same business together like Chris and I are with our property business I mean we're chalk and cheese sometimes I think my gosh how have we been together all these years yeah. but it works you know yeah. but we are very clear on my role versus Chris's role or in your case with yeah. Amy you sort of said actually we could just do different businesses yeah 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 <laughs> but I guess your your life is together the property brings you back together yeah. as well um, and it, it wasn't yeah. that the, the, the recruitment we had a great time working yeah. together to be yeah. quite honest um but it just became clear like what, what i actually wanted out of my, yeah. my working sort of achievements if you like was to do this this thing that I, I then went and did um um and and that wasn't massively amy's bag it wasn't you know necessarily what she wanted but also we it you know it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily like a, a big grand plan either it was kind mm. of like well now we've got the self store, you know, Amy's like, well, I'll run that. And, you know, it's done an amazing job of that. So it, it yeah, it kind of transpired that that, that worked. And, and and the same with the property stuff now. It's it's kind of, again, joint decisions. But it's kind of my baby from mm. going, especially, you know, lockdown and everything else is coming out of my business at the end of December. was supposed to be, you know, in a ski resort bumming around and, and uh, you know first world problems is not it's not a big yeah. issue but I've, I've just doubled down on the property side of things for the past three four months to keep myself sane and you know and, and, and otherwise I'd you know if I was sitting around at home I just couldn't couldn't do it when I knew I was, was supposed to be away so um so yeah so she's you know letting me you know involved in all the decision which is letting me go and do all that side of it so, yeah yeah, yeah you, you you need your support network whatever that might be if your partner your family your friends you know you can't, you, you know, you can't do anything, everything on your own, I guess. So. No, absolutely. And, and actually being respectful of each other's kind of style, preferences, what you both want to do individually, but also together as yeah. a team is, yeah, is so important, isn't it? But uh, no, that's great. I yeah. love that. Um, so just a few final questions, yes. if I may. What can you think of the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ooh, um, I guess... Seems we've referred to my, my, my dad, I guess. I'll I'll, I'll, mm. I'll pick one from him. He he used to say you get you get out what you put in. Mm. Um, and that I think is massively true in not just in work, in your relationships, in your friendships, in uh, certainly in your working life. Like if, if you if you don't put the effort in, you don't you don't get a return. If you do, you will get something back from from that effort. Um mm. uh, so, so that was a big bit of advice is that you know you're not gonna get somewhere by just sitting around or um, you know, if you do put energy and effort into something, you will get something back. And I actually think in in, in a lot of cases, you know, not just work, you, you get to a critical mass where you get a hell of a lot more back than what you put in, yeah. providing you put the effort in at the start. So that was, yeah, a yeah, big bit of advice, I guess. Brilliant. And that's yeah. obviously something that you've just put into play time and time yeah, again. Yeah, really. well, not consciously, like, it's not, you know, it's not, doesn't, it's only on reflecting for this podcast, I guess, that I kind of thought about, um, you know, those sorts of values and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And can you think of any bad advice that you've had that either you ignored because it was so bad or you took and you thought, oh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the, the overseas <laughs> yeah. property. You know where I'm going with that answer, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah apart from buying overseas property. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I guess in terms of bad advice, I don't know. Um, Maybe more general, sort of, you know, being being afraid of something because mm. of failing. You know, don't people often when you're doing something different, right? People, you know, out of either out of concern or 
you know, different different reasons, potentially their own kind of, you know, insecurities and everything else, but will advise you not to do something um, because that it doesn't fit for them. Or, or maybe there's, you know, it sort of shows, you know, what they wish they had done or, or whatever. So mm. there's been lots of that. It's like, you know, oh, you're, you're not necessarily you're mad, but, you know, why, you know, why are you doing that? I don't do that. So yeah. that's bad advice that I wouldn't have taken. Like if it works for you, it works for you. All the people's opinions are they're important if you value them, but if uh, if you know, if, you know, go your own way, I guess in that respect. So yeah, no, I think that's right. And uh, I think I think it's Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger that always says, "Ignore the naysayers and Definitely. just just kind of crack on." Really, yeah. um, unless it's property in Cyprus, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which I definitely ignored all the naysayers <laughs> because you know I didn't want to hear it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant. And just the final question, what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? Um, I guess, yeah, just staying brave, bold, brilliant. Yeah, take, 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 taking risks to an extent or, or pushing yourself, you know, beyond what your comfort zone is, um, it, you know, but also thinking about what those worst case scenario, what the downside could be before you go in, all in on something. Um, you know, doing something, taking action is, 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 I think, is what the brave part for me is. Um, um, having integrity um, and standing up and being accountable when things aren't going well. Um, if you're growing a team, you know, think about that team. You know, they're human beings, and no one, you know, no one turns up to it going, "I'm going to do a shit job today." Everyone generally wants to, you know, do well. So, you know having that integrity thinking about other people that's that's important i guess in the sort of bold category um and yeah just living life to you to your values i guess yeah so yeah fantastic well you are brave bold and brilliant oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> no honestly i really appreciate you taking the time it's thank great you. to get to chat and yeah. hear more about what you've done and everything so thank, thank you. you so much cheers Jeanette. thanks <laughs> I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.